Welcome to Rig for Dirt, the podcast recorded as the adventure happens. I'm Frank. And I'm Ollie. And we bring to you another episode with... From the garage? From the garage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah from the garage, the, the RFD studio. That's right. As, um, we, uh, as long as you look at it from here up... It looks real nice. It looks real nice. You look down and around, and you're like... <laughs> this is um, professional cropping. Yeah. yeah. What you don't know can't hurt you. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we have some stories to tell. I mean, this is this is cool. Like, it, it, from a perspective of, I feel like we have a lot of stuff banked. Yeah, I just... I don't that even we know. haven't even talked about yet. I don't even know what we did since the last... Well, what, where were we? We were in Overland Expo West... I think the last episode was what Jim from Ground Pound or no, the bike. No, the last one the is we were we were camping. We did the cleanup. Oh, the cleanup. That's right. The yeah, freaking cleanup. Yeah, we was... haven't even talked about that. Did, well, what did we talk about at the cleanup? I don't think we recorded an episode of the cleanup. Oh, we did the cleanup. Yeah, we, dude, I am so yeah. far behind. Like I don't we... even I don't even listen to us anymore, <laughs> so I couldn't tell you what we talk about. <laughs> That's why the numbers are down. That's not being stuck up. That's just. <laughs> Ollie stops listening and our numbers drop 50%. <laughs> right. <laughs> I am our biggest customer. <laughs> oh, man. But seriously, that's what I was saying. Like, we have a lot of stuff banked that we haven't even talked about. Yeah. And. Well, um, let's get into the cleanup. That's a good yeah. place to start, if any. Because I can't. I, I honestly couldn't tell you what we did prior to that. Yeah. It's been kind of crazy. Like, I feel like since the holiday season has kind of started winding up, basically every, basically everything that happened a week before Thanksgiving is is a haze. Mm-hmm. Like, from, from that week prior to Thanksgiving on through now is just... It's, it, it's in there somewhere. It happened. Dude, I just... I am literally so busy right now. I can't even... I can't even tell you what I ate yesterday. Like, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I've been surviving on, um, on coffee. Have you? Yeah. yeah same I've, I have... See? Right here. Coffee, coffee bros. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it wasn't for coffee, I'd be asleep right now. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so the cleanup, uh, the cleanup happened, uh, what was it in November? Yeah. It was, it was in Joshua tree. It was Joshua tree. And it was the weekend that immediately followed Thanksgiving. So that, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. and the plan or the idea, the concept was that instead of doing the whole black Friday thing and the whole consumerism thing mm-hmm. that we would, Kind of take the whole. Give, it was thank, op- grateful and being thankful. Better, yeah, exactly is what, it, is what it was like. So when we originally talked and we're trying to come up with a date, and given how busy we were and everything else going on, just in our personal lives, um, it seemed like that that Black Friday weekend a was one of the few weekends we could actually do it, and it kind of parlayed into a really nice like, hey, screw the sale, come out and pick up some trash, right? Kind of movement. So you know, it was cool. Like uh, we got off the grid involved or not off the grid <laughs> off the grid was involved by way of me. Um, <laughs> but we got tread lightly involved yeah. and you know, we got a cross country mortgage came on board. Dang brother pizzas came on board, which yep. it's like King and a hammer's favorite right there. Good pizza. Yeah. Good pizza. Um, actually I don't remember us even getting pizza. That should have been part of, you know, I'm glad that they bought a dumpster, but we should have at least got a pizza. We should have got some pizzas out of it. Yeah, what the hell? Don't get me wrong, but tacos were fantastic. Oh, dude, Stinger off road. Like, Nate, Nate from Stinger, yeah, yeah. and Martin from Milestar. Yeah, handled the taco station. Yeah, so I like Nate's wife uh, passing out shots of tequila. Oh for yeah, everyone who was in line. Yeah, Betsy's legit. Of age. Betsy's legit. Yeah, she's she's funny, and uh, I was handling the toppings with the sombrero. 
Yeah, the sombreros came into play. I mean, it was okay for you, but for me, it was all questionable. Uh, <laughs> these days, everyone being woke, don't know whose uh, feelings will get hurt. It's kind of um, it's kind of interesting that you say that because the the sombrero being a thing today, and I don't know if you know this, but this episode um, being timely um, on the launch date yesterday, um, Vicente Fernandez passed away. Okay, you know who that is? No. Oh, dude. So tangent, <laughs> but. Um, that dude is a Mexican institution. He he defines a nation. Okay. Did he He's, did he invent the sombrero? No. Okay. Uh, but he made he he made mariachi culture what it is today. Okay. Like he's he's an institution, and everyone lovingly calls him Chente, and that dude is responsible for I don't know how many children. Like he's like birthing. Yeah, birthing? he's responsible. He's single handedly oh, really? responsible for like the a, a population boom. I'm certain of it. The Mexican like, giant apple seed. Oh, dude, that guy is like he's. His music is like just incredible. Oh, not kids. No, not him. his children. Not his seed. <laughs> no. Per se. <laughs> no. But the inspiration. The inspiration. <laughs> to go forth and procreate. Right. Got it. Okay. Right. That dude is but in his music is just it's just passionate. It's 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 about like that that kind of that that ranch life, okay. that humble life, love, you know love land all that kind of stuff that you would expect kind of cowboy mexican cowboy okay. yep. kind of music and what do we call those gr- gr- guerreros guerreros Guerre- no guerreros? you're talking about hueros is that what's the cowboy what's the word for cowboy vaqueros. vaqueros 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 yeah i'm, I'm half, <laughs> I, was like, I was like where are you going <laughs> i'm half persian half american i don't really speak the spanish <laughs> Oh, that was funny. <laughs> were you maybe you were thinking gauchos? Gaucho, gauchos yeah. are, are are Brazil. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's it. Those, th- they're the ones who bring you the meat on the. I think they're South American, technically, like all South America gauchos. Brazilian yeah. barbecue. Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay, yeah. So, Done. Um, like I even think Argentine cowboys are gauchos. I think it's a South American term. Got it. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys will know. You guys have the Googleizer in your hands. You Google. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> You know, much love for Chente. That dude, um, I went to, I went, I mean, he's an institution, so every family, like, he's he is one of those people that at some point, if you go to a Mexican bar, like, I mean, a legit Mexican bar, especially one in Mexico, at some point during the night, you are going to sing one of his songs, shit-faced, with people you don't know. Nice. Like, that is, that is who he is. You will, he is also the guy that if you go to Mexico and you're four or five tequilas deep and all of a sudden you can speak Spanish, it's because of him. No shit. You're going to be singing one of his songs, even though you don't know a lick of Spanish. <laughs> like that's where that comes from. It's hilarious and awesome at the same oh, that's time. Right. Well, and cool. so, Chente. and so I, this is why it's important and why I bring it up and I won't take too much more of your time on this one. But, um, I went to one of his shows for the first time when I was 19 years old. And I was working at a bike shop mm-hmm. in San Diego, and my buddy Memo, who was the head mechanic there, uh, said, "Hey, we're, Chente is playing in Tijuana, and you're going." And I go, "Okay, yeah. I know who he is. Obviously, that is a legend. Like, yes, that's like saying you're going to go see Elvis, okay? Right? And someone's buying you a ticket. You're like, fuck yeah, I'm in. So, it's an arena, really small arena, and in Mexico, the arenas are, are they're tiny and they're steep. Mm-hmm. They're just, I mean, they fit like." 5,000 people, but you're like crammed in there. Okay. And I'm sitting in there on a, on a folding chair with cases of Tecate underneath me. And I have bought cases of Tecate as armrests. Okay. That's how much beer is piled around all of us for this. And before he starts singing. Half your chair was gone. No, <laughs> no. So we're, we're drinking, having a good time. That whole place is a big party, right? Uh-huh. And before he starts singing, 
there was a cockfight in the arena. Okay. That was like the the pregame. Oh, geez. Like, I had never been to one. I didn't even know that was going to happen. Right. It's kind of illegal. It's it's super illegal. Yeah. Like, well, here in the States. Yeah. But in Mexico, it's questionable. At least back then. Keep in uh-huh. mind, this is a long time ago. Sure. Right? And so it was even... But even back then, it was questionable. But just the, and the culture of it. Like... There's bets happening and there's tennis balls flying all over the place. Okay. And I had no idea what the hell was going on because mm-hmm. I'd never been to a, a, one of these. Yeah. And my buddy's like, do you know what those are? And I go, no. He goes, people stuff money into the tennis balls. They're placing their bets. And so the guys down below will will, will throw the tennis ball to someone waving their hand. And then they'll stuff the money and throw it back down. Oh, and it's like there's just tennis balls flying all over. It's nuts. That's so so that happens. Super crazy. Kind of disturbing. But super crazy experience like total culture shock even for me as as a mexican like it was culture shock mm-hmm. it gets quiet it's over there you know everyone's kind of packing up and the crowd is kind of just hanging around drinking and amongst themselves and then the lights go down a guy runs out with a little table not much bigger than the one that we're using for this mm-hmm. um and a chair he puts the table down puts the chair down and then the place goes dark. Okay. Center of the arena. The arena is not much bigger than your garage. Like it's tiny. It's it's maybe thirty feet across. Like it's it's small. And out comes Chente, full gear, big sombrero, with two things. Sorry, three things. <laughs> a mic in one hand, and a bottle of tequila, and a shot glass in the other hand. Okay. And he puts them down on the table, and he says, in Spanish, he goes, "No one leaves." Until this bottle's empty. <laughs> okay. okay. And then he goes right into it. And he just starts singing. He's pouring shots. He's drinking. We were there for no joke. That was probably a two and a half hour show. And he polished off that bottle. He was taking shots of people that were in the, the lower rows. I mean, it was. That's cool. That's an experience. I have huh? never had an experience like that where you felt so connected to someone. And they felt so humble and so a part of the people. That is quintessential him. And that's my greatest memory of him. That's awesome. So. I was Rest I was waiting peace, for Rest I was waiting peace. for when you were gonna say that uh, because of him half Persian half American people can wear sombreros but that never came <laughs> never came that never came up so you know what? Still I can tell you this I can tell crowd. you this that knowing him and his love for sharing in the culture he wouldn't judge he, he would have been okay he would have he would have loved it uh, official Chente sombrero ambassador we <laughs> there, were, there were a few of us out there yeah <laughs> um, but yeah Nate Nate held it down. On the tacos. Yeah. And I'm glad that that all happened because now we got to hear the story about Chente, which I would have never known about. I would have never told it. <laughs> had, had we not uh, had we not gone through that uh, little, you know, cultural. Yeah. Moment. Yeah, that was fun, man. But what yeah, a great weekend. I mean, uh, Nate showed up with, I, I, I believe, 50 pounds yeah. of al pastor. It was, 50 meat. pounds of meat, yeah. And, <laughs> and the cleanup was bitching because we had, uh, we had our crew. Um we had uh, probably another, I would say, dozen people like camped out. Yeah, with us. Fair to say, twelve. Yeah, in the, 12, in the 15. yeah the guys with the motos and mm-hmm. and there was another group and then there were all the guys with the UTVers and mm-hmm. there was a bunch a whole other group. Yep. So there was a couple. There were a couple groups and some of them were uh, Joshua Tree locals. So yep. They were kind of camped out in what they called the quiet camp. I guess we were the loud camp. I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of surprising. <laughs> well, I, feel, I feel like this time around, like we kind of we called it pretty early. Like we did, we did. Think. But we, we were. We, I mean, we were tired, yeah, and it was, was cold. It was cold. We were tired. I had both boys with me. Yeah. So it was one of those yeah. moments where it's like, okay, get some sleep, get up, go do the cleanup, which we did. Um, we had two dumpsters. One, like I said, was donated by Dang Brothers. 
The other one was donated by Tread Lightly themselves, which was awesome. And uh, and we got to it. And I believe I saw I saw a post today from uh, Desert Cleanse Project. Yeah. Who said we collected a collective what? 11 tons? I think so. I think it was, tons I think it's of what trash. It was, yeah, it was a, a lot of trash. And, and to, to be fair, those dumpsters, I believe, were out there for an entire week. So a week beyond We've, our weekend. We filled up a dumpster and a half, Yeah, and then, from what I remember. And I can only I can only imagine that as people came in and recreated, they probably used those dumpsters as yeah. trash cans. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of trash. I mean, there's so much shit that piles up in that Joshua Tree Dry Lake yeah. area. It's, sun, it's, for all of you who don't know, it's uh, Sunfair Dry Lake Bed. And it's the not so like glamorous side of Joshua Tree. Like everyone knows Joshua Tree proper, right? Right. Like of the you know, actual the rocks, like national park. Yeah, where everyone yeah. goes climbing, and you know, there's that beautiful like kind of uh, oasis with the lake in the middle. Right. And, and there's campsites and Joshua Trees. Some and... of the most beautiful campsites. Really, yeah. like really one of my favorite places I've camped outside of like the woods um, in the desert. So Anza's beautiful, but. Joshua Tree has just a little certain extra to it, which is those rocks. Yeah. Like you just, the rocks are unique. Um, like time has eroded away all the dirt from most of these little mounds. And if you can imagine masses of rock kind of suspended in dirt, and then over time that dirt goes away and these rocks just kind of settle on top of each other. And you're talking about massive boulders just nestled, you know, in the most awesome ways yeah and the rock is super sticky that like you feel like spider-man kind of climbing up this stuff <laughs> and i've had a couple of experiences where i've gone out there and if you you've gone bouldering out yeah there. solo yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know and even even in like a slight rain and you still have grip and it's still it's still pretty bitching um and yeah i love it and i've taken the kids up there to boulder and you know actually probably one of the most freaky moments as a father i had was ashton made a jump and totally missed and landed on his broadside, full like side of like his right side, oh. landed flat on the rock before the rock he was aiming for. And I, uh, like his entire life flashed before my eyes. Oh my I, God. I thought he had broken his oh, skull. Dude. Like I thought he was done. And it's amazing how rubbery these kids are. Oh yeah, they bounce when they're oh, young. My. Their bones are like God. not, they're not as brittle. They're like, they, they're just like you said, they're rubbery. It's like, it's like the life parachute from God. It's like, you know, you're going to go do some stupid shit when you're young and I'm going to give you a little freebie. I mean, you've seen kids just running around the neighborhood or at the park when they full on yard sale. They right. Superman and go face first, like chest into the ground. <laughs> so and it's stupid. like, dude, if I did that, my okay first of all i would be done half my face would be gone right right and my my lungs would be crushed my ribs would be crushed like they're all brittle now yeah but these kids they just they get up and they dust off and they're like as long as you don't react right like they they get up dust off and do it again (laughs) oh well i mean there was no hiding that i mean you see your kid fall like 10 feet into a rock you're just like oh Oh, that's that's some scary shit i just broke my kid (laughs) and ashley of course was back we had rented an rv for ashton's birthday so oh that's right i remember totally not overlanding um even though my jeep is basically an rv um but she was back at the rv and so it was just me and the boys just kind of like free climbing and yeah, he he landed, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to go explain to my wife why our child is like, you know, needs to be airlifted." Why he's walking out of funny? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I picked him up, and I looked all over him, and you know, he was a little bruised, but we, he ended up walking back. How was know. he? Was he good? Like, was oh he, no, was he was, he, was, was he shaking? Oh, he was freaked the yeah. f out. Like he, all I heard him say was, "Oh no, oh no, oh no." So when you hear your kid say, "Oh no," you know he got injured pretty bad. Yeah. 
And, uh, and I hadn't, yeah, I didn't know. So, but yeah, nothing. <laughs> That's like, awesome. I mean, nothing that we found out about it. Maybe years down the line, we'll find out he like <laughs> has some weird bone regrowth because he had chipped it. I, we'll see. Anyone know why this kid has a heart murmur? Yeah. <laughs> so. Dude, heaven forbid. Um, no. but, uh, but yeah, Joshua Tree is amazing. So if anyone hasn't checked it out or if there's any listeners outside of California who haven't yet made the trek out here to our state uh that would definitely be a destination spot to go see however with all that said um and this is funny little segue uh related when we first did this like this cleanup at this location it was with uh um, lost sasquatch and roaming lost yeah done a couple cleanups there in this dry lake bed yep the very first time i ever got told about it i'm like thinking the big jumbo rocks right it's the joshua tree that i knew right and I was looking forward to this beautiful epic weekend of just, you know, picking up trash in this really scenic location and camping out like amongst the rocks. No, it was this fucking lake bed that was just So it's the desert. So funny story about that because back then I was actually involved with them and uh and John, uh SoCal Overland. Like okay. we were we were actually involved in putting that one on. Okay. And so that was like I think just over three years ago. And that one kicked off because of the government shutdown. Right. Yep. And so we nobody, wanted to clean that area. Yeah. And so yeah. nobody was picking up trash at the park service, all of the contracts yep. and everything to, to, to clean the, the pit toilets. Um, all that stuff had stopped. Mm-hmm. And so trash was piling up and, and there's no gates to get in there. Like you can just go in. And so people were still going in and they were basically poaching camping spots right. and leaving their trash. And which is to some degree was okay because there are trash cans, but they were overflowing now. Correct. There's right? this big mountain of exactly. trash. Exactly. It was a like, big mountain yeah. of trash. And so the original plan was to go and clean up the park like proper. Yep. And um, through talking with the locals and organizing with locals, they event they, they said, Look, we got Joshua Tree covered. Mm-hmm. We're, we we find we've organized people, we've got trucks going in to pick up all this garbage. What we don't have covered is the overflow sure. resulting of the park, which is the dry lake bed. Right. And you're right, like that was a total shit show. And so, like, I mean, there was I there mean, was I've never seen couple, so much trash. On a couple levels, yeah. One, there's so much trash. But two, yeah. if you're going in expecting pretty national forest Joshua Tree, yeah, you're not getting that really. No. Um, and you know, once you drive in, you realize there is some cool spots to it. Like, you know, yeah. but it's the desert. It's, it's literally, just, it's, it's, it's land. Yeah. It's just not, it's not even, it's not even like Anza Borrego style desert. It's just like flat, dry kind of, it's a lake bed with no discerning formations or anything that you would be like, that's amazing to look at. BLM just, land. Yeah. You know? It's just BLM land. It's open. A lot of but, people go shooting there and stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of the that's kind of the attraction is that it's BLM land, mm-hmm. and it has that kind of hillside, that hill, that range yep, that goes burn. around the lake bed, <laughs> yeah. and so it's that's a safe shooting area, mm-hmm. right? Because you've got a backstop, and so what do people do on BLM land with a backstop? They pile all their shit they bring, that they bring out to shoot, and they, they leave it there. They bring like propane tanks, they bring fridges, they bring TVs. What are, I mean, literally, printers, electronics, mattresses anything. are really popular in the desert. Actually, you know, I don't get it, but yes. Box springs galore, you know. Basically, um, everything that you that that these people don't want to take to the dump, and they have a bunch of guns, and they want to go out and shoot at it. That's what they bring out there. So just I, trash. I hated the experience so much that I went back another time, and then we <laughs> threw one there again because exactly <laughs> when you see a piece of property, piece piece of land, just natural land that you know anyone can use, and then you see it taken care of so poorly. If you are, if you're, if you're, if you're responsible enough i would say you'd want to do something to take care of it so that other places you know wouldn't get shut down or that you know yeah like it, it all it all affects each other so if you think that garbage dry lake bed has no weight or no value value you're yeah. sorely mistaken because 
these are all opportunities for a conservationist to say, look at what these people do. Yep. And they use it as a case study. And then that gets applied to some other land that has nothing to do with that same property. Yep. But then it makes a stronger case. Yeah, they just start naming it as an example, right? Yeah. It's it's a valid example of how the community does not take care of or police itself. Those horrible off-roaders. Yeah. And so and, and the reality is it's also an opportunity for us to build a relationship with, you know, with the governing bodies, with land managers. Which was right? this was one of the best, I think, times that we've actually done that where uh, Mindy from Tread Lightly just came in clutch and yeah. was so responsive, was so proactive. That she managed to pull off within far less time than we were supposed to use um, a dumpster, uh, not only through Tread Lightly, but with the blessing of the BLM. And, you know, we were legit. I think this was one of the first legit cleanups because there's a couple things. One, you're on private <laughs> This entire time we've been on private property and didn't know it. You think you go out there, you think, oh, it's all BLM. The camping spot. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that camping spot is actually owned by a trust, and we had no idea. Um, yeah, there's no signs. There's nothing there, and it, there's nothing to discern it from the from the dirt patch right. that's 100 feet the other, in, you know. There is no marker. That's 100 feet away. There's no it's signs. Just, nothing. Yeah. It's just open land, or so it seems, right? Yeah. So, again, this is a great um, pro tip for those off-roaders out there and those overlanders out there who, you know, you think you see a piece of land and you think, oh, well, it's accessible. There's no fence. The fence does not always dictate property, right? So, yeah, it doesn't need to be a fence for it to be property or owned by someone. You know, correct. It doesn't need to be a fence. And no one, and it's the same, you'll, you'll hear this a lot if you've ever had a brushing with the law. <laughs> you'll hear that ignorance is never an excuse. Ignorance correct. is no excuse, yep. right? And so um, that's one of the good thing about these apps now, that these GPS apps now that are incorporating uh, land ownership into the application. It's super important. And definitely if you have that layer, I would absolutely turn, have it on. Yeah, Onyx um, does a great job of that. Yeah. Um, they'll yeah. actually show you almost the names of the people and, you know. The deeded type, the other right. owner, right, exactly. Yep. And, you know, Mindy brought up the the land use or whatever it's called. There's a certain name for it, but it yeah. shows all the, it shows all the parcels. Of all land. the, all the, yeah, all the parcels. And so you click on a parcel and then you'll see the name. So for instance, where we had, uh, originally where we used to have our dumpsters was on the Palio property, which is uh, a Mexican ranch right there in Joshua Tree. And we actually got permission from them. And then we got permission from the landowner for where the dumpsters were located. And every, everything was all gravy. Like, it was all good. Yeah. Uh, and were, I think that's the key, right? Is that once you know, it's not a, like, we, they just went over and asked. And the guy was like, yeah, cool. Yeah, no problem. They don't care. Like, they don't care. But it's it's just that If you one don't little, ask. Exactly. Yeah. It's like everything, right? Like, so if someone wants, nine times out of ten, you know, you'll let someone do something if they ask you nicely and they're respectful about it but if they don't then it's a hard pass it's a no the second you see it happening right essentially if somebody came and said hey look man um we want to clean up your backyard it's just (laughs) it's just a project for something that i'm gonna get my merit badge yeah right it's a boy scouts project i'm gonna get my merit badge i'm like yeah go for it go for it here's the poop bags (laughs) what can i get for you go get it (laughs) yeah um and so that's essentially what we were doing i mean we're not making money off it we didn't we literally did nothing in terms of funds. There was no charge or expense. Like, well, there was a lot of expense, but there was no charge. So, like, Milestone Tires came in. Like I said, uh, cross, all, the, all the expenses were covered. Cross Country Mortgage yeah. came in. Uh, they got porta potties for the group. So yeah. we had legit portos, brand new, yeah. um, with a wash station, which was yeah. amazing. Like, I don't think we've had a wash. Do we have a wash station before? I don't think so. We just I don't had think so. Yeah. So to be able to actually like, wash your hands after all that was awesome. Except it was frozen in the morning because it was so cold. <laughs> That's all right. The cleanup had already happened. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. the important stuff had been done. 
So and then uh, Dang Brothers Pizza with the dumpster number one, Tread Lightly with dumpster number two. Um, we had uh, Arland and Easy. Easy did the flyer. Arland, I guess they did the raffle. Yeah, um, he, yeah, he or he pulled together all the raffle yep. goodies. Um, Desert Cleanse Project brought a group of locals out yep. to help uh, with the cleanup. Got and, to help spread the word locally, and yep. he's out. He's the one who's out there basically every day or every weekend, kind of doing it from of his own volition. You know, yep. just keeping keeping his backyard clean. And then uh, between, uh, well, Milestar got all the supplies. Stinger Off Road did the brought the food. Yep. Martin from Milestar actually cooked the food, so yep. I'll give him credit for that. That was awesome, and he was such a great sport about it. So, oh, yeah. In the morning we had burritos, and at even in the evening we had awesome uh, tacos. Yep. Yeah, so. Oh, I, and I got to I got to learn how to ride a one wheel. Oh, that's right. <laughs> in the desert. In the desert. Um, that was my first time riding a one wheel. So uh, I kind of, I just want to say I'm happy that at least at my age, I'm still learning how to do new shit. And that's yeah, pretty fun. Right. You know, like, I mean, I don't think we're that old. I, think no, I don't think we are. But but still, if you think we are. We're just hitting midlife. Okay. <laughs> so everything that we do is A, has an excuse. It's our midlife crisis. Right. <laughs> right. And B, we still have a little ways to go. I oh, think, yeah. Before yeah. I will say, in. though, I do see the fun in those things. Like I don't, I don't understand how people can't like them. They were that was that thing's fun to to roll around sure. on. Sure, yeah, until you break your neck. Until you break your neck. Um, <laughs> and actually, the the one wheel with my kid trying it out was the stimulus for everything. Uh, all hell breaking loose between the boys and me. And I packed, <laughs> I packed that jeep up so fast and left that I'm like, did I leave stuff behind? I, you know, I think I did. You didn't leave a kid behind, so yeah. that's <laughs> yeah, that was unfortunate. <laughs> that's a critical piece. Unfortunately, no, I didn't. <laughs> Um, no, I love them. Um, so yeah. And then Rick for dirt, you know, on our end, we just helped with organizing it all, like, uh, between bringing talking to the Mindy parties and, at me, yeah. Yeah, and bringing everyone together and connecting the dots and, uh, promoting it and really just getting the word out. I think, you know, between all the parties that were involved, it was a successful, awesome, uh, experience. And, you know, I wish more people would take it upon themselves to, not commercialize it, but go, just go do it and, and do it right. And yeah. so it shows more, um, responsibility on the part of our community, uh, the motorized recreational community that, you know, we're willing to go police our areas that we, you know, recreate on. So, yeah. It really comes down to education. And this is probably the, the, the takeaway piece for anybody listening, <laughs> right? For those of, I mean, I'm sure a lot of you already know this, but it's good to be reminded or at least kind of keep it in your back pocket. And the first one is that, there's a lot of new people in this over the last two years. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of new people that are using this land, right? And they're going to make mistakes. I know we just said ignorance is no excuse, and it's not. But that doesn't mean that you can't help them be right. less ignorant, right? It's well, better no. To, well, it's better to educate than to chastise. No, and, dude. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, like, make fun of them. You're supposed to point right. them out. You're right. Create animosity so they don't want to listen to what you call, have to say. Call them names. You know, segregate them really right. well so that... You know, any chance you had of educating, any chance you had of them being productive members of the community is completely gone. Just destroyed. And so, like, if you're doing that and if you're one of the welcoming committee members who basically troll these poor people who are really enthusiastic and love this, you know, yeah. this this experience of camping 2.0 that we call overlanding, then good job. You're uh, you're doing a great, great service. Bang up everyone. job. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, so, I think, yeah. I mean, yeah, education is always the key, in- right? Inclusivity, you know, bringing them in, making them feel like, okay, if I want to do it this way or want, if I want to be part of a group like this, well, this is part of what yeah. I need to do. Yeah, so the first thing is, right, educate them and tell them, look, man, we pick up our trash, right? We don't leave anything behind, leave no trace, right? Pack it in, pack it out. 
right? That kind of that mentality. And then mm-hmm. and then the second thing is you lead by example, right? So if someone new comes to your group and goes camping with you, you do it, right? Show them that you're picking up your trash and then go out and pick up a couple more pieces that maybe somebody else left behind before you, right? And so instilling those values and leading by example is probably the second most important thing you can do, right? And then the third thing is know your properties and your land and and, and land mm-hmm. managers, right? Yeah. Understand the differences between you know, forest service, BLM, um, even some, um, private property that is for public use. Right. And what, what an easement is, for example, right. To access public land through private land. Right. There's, and that's not always, that's not always the rule either though. It's not always the rule. Some private property owners do not like their easements and like to shut them down. Yeah, they definitely do some, but you know what there is, there are federal laws, um, depending on, on the situation where an easement is is mandatory it's mandated to be accessible sure right that you have to have a road that cuts through this property to access if it's the only way to access that public land the easement has to exist and there's yeah. all kinds of arguments i'm not getting into that but it's important for you to know that but right? if you're cool usually nine times out of ten you won't oh, yeah. have a problem right? oh yeah it like reminds me of when you went through that indian property oh right and the indians were cool because you guys were cool like yeah. if you guys were assholes like if you were drunk if you're like Tearing, oh, 100%. Up, tearing up the property, I think that would have been a way different experience than what you 100%. guys. One hundred percent. If we right? would have, if we would have, we're talking our about noses. the Colorado trip. By the yeah, way. the Colorado trip. We we were on some reservation land, um, and yeah, if we would have come in there like you know full of entitlement and like saying fuck that's a road, you know right. we we can do this and fuck you, like yeah, that could have ended so many different ways from the right way like it's just the fact that we were super cool i mean honestly this is this is a telltale sign you're doing it right when you're laughing with the people that you're having this interaction with mm-hmm. 70% of your conversation you're doing it right yep right you're yep. getting or if you get to know a little bit about them and they get to know a little bit about you you're ask, they're asking you questions you're asking them questions you're doing it right yep. you know so um yeah that's my that's my nugget. I think I'll get, it's off, a, I'll get off my soapbox. It's a pretty good segue, actually, into the Colorado trip that I have a copy oh, of yeah. Tread Magazine right here. And on the cover is uh, is you. And, I, you know, if, if, if this recording happens, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not promising shit anymore. But if this video <laughs> recording happens, that is Frank on the front cover of Tread. And what I originally thought was just going to be a story on just the trip in general actually yeah. became a full story on your you. Yeah. You as a photographer, you as um, the, the owner the of FJ Build, the and, FJ, and a little bit of rig for dirt in there, and yeah, exploring I mean, the unknown in a 2013 Toyota FJ Cruiser, and they actually put your screen name. They should have put the at sign, but they didn't. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, the whole the title is yeah, Trucky McTruckface. People are like, that's a really weird first and last name. Um, <laughs> and my uh, parents were cruel. You know, the photography was from Rebel Off Road by Evan. Oh, uh, Evan, Gage. Evan Gage, yeah. Which, by the way, congrats to him. I don't know if you know yeah, this. Yeah, he just had his kid. He had his baby boy yep. last night. Yep. So, congrats so, to him. Uh, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> you poor bastard. Your life's over. Yeah, congrats, at least for a few years. Congrats to your life ending as you knew it. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Not even kidding. Um, but yeah, this is great, man. This is yeah, so great, cool. Great imagery. And Kelly wrote the story. Yeah. Kelly from Tread, she wrote the story and she did a great job. Um, yep. You know, huge, huge thanks to her uh, for doing this. And I'm, you know, humbled in a lot of ways because she even told me, she's like, I was going to have somebody else write your story, but, you know, you're a friend and I want, I wanted to do it justice. And that just yeah. kind of like hit me all in the feels like yeah. that was just like, oh, that was bitching. I yeah. Mean- so, you know, that was a, an amazing experience um, to be a part of. I did not expect when I, when I set out to, 
build the FJ. I never had the goal of having it in a magazine right. or even thought that was a possibility to have it in the magazine. Um, when she approached me to do it, I was just like, whoa, really? Like a you... lot has happened in the last couple of years. A lot. Yeah. A lot. And this was a, been a long time in the making. Like, we talked about this in Moab, mm -hmm. which is almost a year ago now. Originally, it was supposed to be part of uh, the Toyota one. What was that Right, called? Uh, Yoda. Yoda magazine. Yeah, so they and... do a special edition once a year, I think. Which, coincidentally, there's another FJ on the cover of Yoda Mag. Nice. So if you want to see another badass FJ, check out um, Yoda Mag that came out a couple of months ago now. Um, but yeah, so this issue is out on racks uh, right now. It just yeah. came out uh, a couple of days ago, and it will be there for the next two months available. As of uh, today being 12-12-2021. Yes, so. that's true. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Right. Fair point. Yeah. So <laughs> you're listening Some dude, to this two years from now. a year from now or two, yeah, you will He's not like, find it. He's like, it's not there. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Um, yeah. And you would have known that if this video worked, but it probably won't. Um, so anyways, yeah, really cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. And thanks to you. I mean, you've been a big supporter. I mean, in just, I guess, kind of pushing me to to do more and be more extroverted, I guess is probably, I don't know if that's the right word or risk less risk averse maybe mm -hmm. is the word I'm looking for. Maybe. Um, so, you know, and just being a partner on the whole podcast thing, like this has just been, it's been the whole thing is it's, I guess what I'm getting at is this is a result of the sum being greater than, than the total of the parts, mm -hmm. right? Like the, the there's, you know, because of all of these different things and all the people that have been involved, like it's, it's resulted in everything that that we've done, whether it's the podcast or it's this or the truck, everything. It's there's a there's a greater the sum is greater than the than the total of the parts, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, so on that note, we uh, what else did we do since uh, did a photo shoot out in Lytle, not Lytle, um Did a photo shoot up in Maple Springs on the trail for off the grid. Oh, that that's was, right, that's right. That you spent some days up there. Yeah, yeah, we. Uh, you know, kind of getting my my legs underneath me over at Off the Grid at the new uh, um, with the new family over there and everything. That's like you know, it's it's similar, but it's very different. Um, but it's still the same kind of um, industry. I guess it's kind of cool. There's no competing, at least within our niche. There's no there's not a lot of competing um, industries or companies. Um, so I think there's a lot more opportunity in order to like connect with different groups like it doesn't matter if somebody's running somebody else's lights anymore i can still support them when before even that if is I true like like, like off the grid surplus is kind of agnostic that way oh yeah right where it's like you can fit into anything and everything where it's just doesn't matter what you're running doesn't matter what vehicle you're driving doesn't matter you know you're like you're right it yeah. just it's just agnostic it's just it's powering fun period of all levels all types for everybody yeah when i was at kc it's like you couldn't really work with baja or rigid right. though i will say um it's rig not for not trying yeah well no i mean we yeah we try i try to do a <laughs> try to do an event with casey and baja and they're you know their corporate structure i guess doesn't allow for something like that to happen on the baja side casey i love i love alan from casey because he's so open-minded to like yeah whatever whatever Let's try it whatever grows the industry as a whole or yeah. makes things more fun or better yeah why not yeah. so you know him and i were always aligned in that respect on uh just kind of how we saw the industry and the growth of for the whole, like all, yeah. all and that's a, rise, that's a right? really smart take on it too, because that's something that I learned at Shimano very early on, which is you could look, we can sit here and squabble over how we cut the pie mm -hmm. or we can just grow the pie. Sure. Right. Yep. And so that's like, and, and having that mentality in, in for anything, it really translates to anything like not just work or sorry, not just business, but it can be, 
you know, with your friends or with life or with mm-hmm. what you have, you know, your home or whatever. Like you can look, you can squabble over what you've got to divide or you can just grow the pie. Oh, 100%. And then everybody has enough, right? So, I mean, that's kind of like Rick, Rick for Dirt and then like the Rigs and Brews team with like Michelle and uh, Koi over exactly. there. Exactly. It's like, yeah, we uh, 100% are totally down to work with other groups, um, other people. Like, you know, there's, it's just, there's enough. There's enough for everyone. A hundred percent is enough to go around. And you're stronger together than you are apart. Now, there's always going to be the assholes out there that you're like, ah, we're okay. Yeah, like, we don't. We don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to hang. We don't have to work together. It's fine. Yeah, do your thing. Good for you. Um, but it's it's really cool when you see uh, different groups come together to just you know keep, uh, especially ones who who kind of share the same message of wanting to have fun. Yeah, wanting, just kind of spread the stoke. Yeah, wanting to grow things, and make things better. Like you said, uh, the type of people who would take people in and show them the ropes versus chastising them or making them feel right. You know, less than, and, uh, you know, I mean, I always, I always go back to this, but it's like, you have the people that go out of their way to talk shit. And then you have the people who just do cool shit. And it's like, do cool shit. Right. You know, (laughs) talking shit doesn't really do a lot for anyone. Um, less talking, more doing. Yeah. Like, you know, more, more having fun. That's also a good life lesson. More hanging. Yeah. Less talking, more doing. That's always valuable. Yeah. So, I mean, again, that's a little hypocritical given that we're a podcast and all we do is talk on here, but I like to think we do a lot of stuff too. I mean, that's all we do on here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, speaking of which we do events, you know, we have our meetups, uh, our meetup next week, since everyone's going to be getting this, uh, this week is the San Diego meetup is going to be a warehouse sale, uh, for off the grid clothing. That is December 18th, 2021. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a warehouse sale. It will be at the warehouse, which is about, I guess, five or six minutes away from off the grids, uh, retail brick and store. Mortar, yeah, retail store yeah. in off of grand. Um, it's about six minutes away. It's not on grand, but it's, it's close. It's really close. So if you end up at the, if you end up at the store by accident, well, there'll be a sign to like, let you know. Where it's, to a, go. it's a short jaunt over. So don't feel too bad that you, that you missed it. You can still get over to where it is. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I actually don't have the address in front of me. I should have, I should have been prepared for this, but it's all good. <laughs> just, uh, just check it's, us out on social. The good news is, yeah, I've changed all the addresses on our oh, website. Rick for Dirt, yeah. Just yeah. So go to rickfordert.com slash events. Look at our see, calendar. Yep. yep. Look at our, look at our events page and you'll see this one coming up next. And it will have the correct address in there for you to go. And it'll even have a Google Maps link for you. Yeah, but the sale will be cool. Uh, basically, everything in our warehouse is going to be somewhat discounted some way, somehow. So you'll get Probably deals. pretty good discounts, I'm yeah, betting. Yeah, really good de- yeah. discounts. And we're actually bringing some stuff in that we're transferring over um, into our outlet, which will be like blown out. So you'll see uh, if you come. And, then, and there'll be some cool people there. Like from what I saw, well, like Dead, Dead Man's coming. They're, come in, they're, they're bringing their rigs out. They'll have their booth. Like yep. there's going to be some cool stuff. It's going to be more than just a warehouse. So that's all, which is awesome. Yeah, hundred percent. So it should be should be a lot of fun. We're going to try to have some uh, responsible um, beverages happening, like uh, intake of beverages happening, <laughs> and uh, and then you know afterwards, I believe you know Plan Nine L House is right next to Off the Grid, yeah. Off the Grand, uh, the actual retail store. So um, we'll probably end up finding our migrate way over back there, and, over there, and yeah. for a couple drinks uh, yeah. together. And they have stuff. good food too, by the way. Oh, really good food. Yeah, the hot dogs are amazing. So yeah, if you like a big dog in your mouth, <laughs> check it out. Um, so beyond that, what else we got? I mean, I think from there, it, it kind of we we kind of locked down after the last things that we did into getting ready for this past weekend. Did I? Like I mean, was, have I even talked about doing Big Bear by myself? No. Oh wow. No, because that was <laughs> so that so when that happened, that was after the cleanup. 
I right? believe so. It was yeah. after the cleanup, and you said, I remember you told me, you're like, hey, how do you think about? And I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to steal your thunder. So maybe you should start with what. No, it was. I was just like, what do you, what do you think about doing a podcast on top of the hill at yeah. a specific hour? You said, yeah, it was like twelve thirty in the morning. And, yeah, um, and I said, uh, that's no. a hard pass. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I said no. I thought. It was oh, and by the idea. way, it was a Sunday night or something like that. Yeah. It wasn't even like a. It wasn't even on a weekend. It was and, well. It was a weekend. It was just the end of the well, weekend. It started a weekend and it ended in a weekday. Came up with the idea on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the time I got around to going, it was twelve o'clock in the morning. By the time I got up to Big Bear, it was like around one a.m. I spent four and a half hours on the mountain. I did Gold Mountain to John Bull back to back, and I will say it was one of the most humbling moments I've had in wheeling. Um, a, don't wheel by yourself. Like that's stupid. So um, I mean, yeah, I, what I did was completely dumb, completely stupid, and it's I'm not advocating independent wheeling because it's just you have no one there, and if the worst case thing happens, then you know it's going to be a while before somebody comes across your body, or you know your vehicle or whatever. Um, but I was getting ready to do uh, this thing that we just did this past weekend, and I knew. My time was running out and that you needed like a legit shakedown. Well, I needed right. A, yeah. So we had just put in a <laughs> we just put a new motor in. Um, just got everything rebuilt, like legit, like just scrambling to get all the different pieces together. And you know, one good thing that came from this nighttime run was I had to have all my lights on. Well, when yeah. I did that, I realized quickly that the little 104 amp alternator that we managed to shoehorn to fit into the new engine setup of the Jeep. Um, did not put out enough uh, amps to uh, cover to power everything. The huh? demands of the Jeep, yeah, yeah. Between between charging two batteries, between um, the auxiliary like ports, like drawing power, like yeah. whether it's the fridge or whatever. Like then you know I have four Flex Aero threes, I have two Flex Aero fours, I've got a Pro Six bar, I've got rock lights. I mean that's a lot of juice that it's you a lot of juice you don't think about too much. Which is I mean, and that's not even a lot of juice. That's a lot of juice by modern standards because LEDs have a relatively low draw. Sure. Yeah. But like, I mean, it's a good thing you're not powering like halogens because oh, those things are like no each doubt. one of those is like as much draw as a fridge. <laughs> well, it's like if you look at if you look at a lot of race trucks, like uh, we, I just went to the mid 400. Oh yeah. Like, well, they're pulling what HIDs. Well, yeah. That, a lot of them are running like up to four HIDs, like the yeah. carbon pods from yeah, KC. Yeah. Probably the the highest powered light I, I think you'd find on the field by itself, right? Right. Because uh, HID is a crazy suck on, on the system. So a lot of these guys are running dual alternators. A, wow. they want to make sure they have a redundancy. B, um, there's, a, just, there's a lot of juice. There's yeah. a lot of electronics lot going of on. There's a lot, a lot of draw. Yeah. And so anyways, yeah, um, I, I found out quickly that as I, and I thought as long as the car's on, then it's charging the system. No, right. man, like it gets to the point where it, surpasses the alternator draws directly out of the battery and then your vehicle's stuck yeah it just can't keep up the alternator just can't keep up with the with the amounts going out and so what time did you start this run i start well i left my house at like 12 a.m i got up there by like around 1 1 30 wow aired, so you started way later than even you and i talked oh, about yeah i aired down at like 1 1 a.m well, whatever it was 1 28 oh man and <laughs> Let me no offense, you. but this is one time where I do not regret saying no. No, it was stupid. It was so dumb. Like nothing brings you closer to Jesus than being outside your Jeep. And like there was no like real moon either. Like, so it's like pitch, pitch dark. dark. I'm on Gold Mountain. There's the little highway below me. And every so often a car would just kind of drive by. But 
And know, by the way, because you're out there at one thirty in the morning, there's no way of knowing if that's just a car or, or a murderer looking for his next sure, victim. Yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> like somebody looking for a spot to dump a body. Exactly. And, <laughs> and you know, somewhere in this like brain of mine, I thought, oh, I'll definitely come across other people crawling. Like, dude, what a great time! <laughs> what mean, a, at what least a, if you might come across someone who broke down that morning maybe, or the yeah. day before. <laughs> Dude, like what I was about to turn into myself. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you're, you're airing down next to your vehicle in the dark and all you can think of is something pouncing on your back. Like, I'm like every mountain lion like should have been stoked to have somebody like me next it's to you. It's just basically a pound, like, you know, 190 or 215 pounds of bacon sitting on the side of the road. 225. <laughs> I'm getting fat. Um, yeah, but just, uh, it's a good thing that bears, it's a good thing that big bear is only big bear in name. Like there aren't a whole lot of bears up there. There's just some brown bears. Yeah. There's a couple of brown bears kind of up there. Yeah. There's, there, there's a handful maybe. I don't think the population is very big Mm -hmm. and mountain lions are the only other real thing to worry about. Yeah. You know, and unless they're desperate, they're not really going to mess with you. You know, sure. Humans aren't really their thing. But every time you hear about an attack, it's somebody who crouched down next to the bike or something. That's true. Right? It's someone who got small. Yeah, somebody yeah, got it's small. someone who got small for sure. And so it's like you know, I tried to bend over as tall as possible when I was like putting in the. Air I truck. will say though that once you piss off a mountain lion, they don't back down. They're kind of like bears that way, right? Like, did you watch that video of that dude who kept backing up the entire trail? Who was who came up on a mountain lion um, with her cubs? Yeah. And then the cubs basically took shelter and then she walked him to the end of the trail. Like a mile. Yeah. She walked him back like a mile (laughs) and he was just like getting big, making noise. And she just, and she would like, every time he crouched down, she would like jump up. She would charge. Yeah. Oh dude. I would. I mean, sharks and mountain lions Mm. and snakes. Those are my top three right there. And not in that order either. I I I think they're all equal. I applaud that guy for being as cool as he was. Like, I can't believe how calm he was. Like, the fact I, that he was recording, it's like, bro, put your phone away. I don't know that I could have stayed that chill <laughs> with a mountain lion walking me back a mile. Like, if think about it this way. If he would have tripped walking, because yeah. he was walking backwards yep. the entire time. If he would have just tripped and hit the ground, it would have been game over. Mm-hmm. That thing would have been all over him. Yep. Yeah. Ooh. So. <laughs> Yay, nature. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, we always You're consider the ourselves best. the top of the food chain until we're not. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we have uh, we have a very slim advantage in 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 some ways. <laughs> your, your big brain isn't going to defend yourself against nope. big ass jaws. I mean, I, well, technically, I guess it did for that guy, right? He yeah. was smart enough no, to yeah, know he, what to do. In exactly, that exactly. Yeah. He 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 played he played it perfectly. But but yeah, I mean, if in any in any situation, I mean, that was I think one of the worst possible scenarios where you come across a lioness with with the, with cubs, right? Like that's you know, and same thing happens with bears, right? Like I've I've heard. I did a lot of research before I went to Colorado because I was super paranoid about bears, and there's just so many bears in Colorado. Right. And one of the things that I've heard the most is that the worst thing you can do is sneak up on a bear. Sure. Like So it's important that you are constantly making noise, right? Whether it's shuffling your feet, talking, whatever. As long as you make noise nine times out of ten or maybe even higher, 99.9% of the time, the bear will hear you long before you're close and just turn around and go the other way. And we're pretty alien to them too. Like, oh yeah. They want nothing to do with us. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you think about a predator, it needs to be at the peak of its performance in order to continue to hunt. And so it doesn't really want to fuck with anything that could pose a challenge to its longevity, its health. Right. That's um, true. So whenever it gets into a situation, an injured bear or an injured animal is a, usually ends up a dead animal correct? through starvation yeah. Yeah. or sickness. Yeah. So it's doing its best to avoid you to go after easy prey again, which is why oftentimes attacks happen when people get small or like crouch down. But as long as you're staying upright 
and you're making noise, making noise and or whatever. Being un- somewhat unpredictable. Yeah, you should be. You should, for the most part, right? Unless it's really fucking hungry, like, <laughs> you'll probably walk away from that situation. Yeah, most of those animals don't have a taste for human flesh. You're not top of their list for snacks. But if you die, it's not my fault. I didn't tell you. <laughs> I didn't tell you what to do. Take that on your own. Yeah, it's funny because I always used to think that um, there was a, like they said, you know, don't ever run from a bear. Right. right or from any animal for that matter don't run because then this the chase is on yep right but apparently that's, that's not true really well from what I read right someone will have to validate this but I but because I, I this has been three months ago since I've been watching since I binged bear you know like knowledge uh-huh. and, but apparently um it's that's more true with uh Cats? with grizzlies okay you don't run from them because they will hunt you down and just devour you like they'll mm-hmm. just rip you to shreds um you just play dead, but other species you don't play dead, like a brown bear. Get the f out of there! Mm-hmm. Like just don't run, but start, but get away. Right? Like you don't don't play dead. It doesn't work with them, right? And so, um, and I might have the species backwards. I'm not saying this as advice. I'm just saying this as like, yeah. Don't I, listen to us. We're just talking <laughs> yeah. hypotheticals here. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying that. Maybe like, I'm just what I, the point of any of what I just said is that not all species are the same, mm-hmm. and the and so. Um, I was, and I was also started to read like what, well, what's, what bears are in Colorado, right? Cause they're just definitely different bears here versus like what you'd find in Alaska, for example. Cause mm-hmm. Shannon was like super big on like the bears that were up in Alaska. I guess there's like some bear cam that goes up until they hibernate. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was like just obsessed with watching these bears and she like knew their names and everything. I go in there, I go, <laughs> what are you doing? I go, I'm watching the bear cam. And then they have fat bear week, uh-huh. which is essentially like everyone, um, puts like wagers or a, a list of what bear is going to win, and the way that they pick a winner is which bear puts on the most weight. Okay, between the time it comes out of hibernation to the time it gets ready to go back into hibernation. These are all the bear cameras. Yeah, and so the local the, the park service is keeping track of all these bears, <laughs> and then so you put in which bear you think put on the most weight, and um, I think Otis won this year. It's like right like, up there with bird watching. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It really these bears do they get. They get gnarly. Like, they, like, fight with each other. And, I mean, dude, they're sitting in this lake, like, hunting salmon all day long, just gorging on salmon. And it, it's, it's impressive to watch. But, dude, they come out skin and bones. They look like greyhounds when yeah. they show up. And then when they leave, they're, like, barrels. And their legs, like, they're, they're, they're so fat, their legs look like stubs. Like, it's incredible. It, it looks like a barrel with little corks for yeah. feet. That's how fat they are. And then they hibernate and yeah. burn it all off. Yeah, exactly. That's so. cool. Well, that's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> back to off roading. Um, don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, back to off roading. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, for me, so being, you didn't die. I didn't die, and being on Gold Mountain, I, I came away with, I came away with some things that I think actually helped me last weekend when I did the, the Johnson Valley thing that we did. Yeah. Um, the number one thing is a, nobody was going to save me but myself. That. It's almost like, you know, truth be told, I kind of put myself in the situation because I, I wanted there to be no, like, I'm known to go out there and be a little bit stupid. Like, to be be more of a risk taker. Yeah. Normally, I, right? That's yeah, kind of your cause MO. Because it's fun right. and people laugh and, I, you know, it's kind of like being the class clown, right? Like, you know, people <laughs> laugh and if you're going to laugh, then I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> but in this situation, it was like, okay, I really want to see if what I've learned over the past few years yeah. is really, you know paid off and i you know full disclosure i've done cold mountain and john bull multiple times yeah. so it's like 
kind of. I want to take the FJ up there. Yeah, I think you totally could. Um, but I totally knew the the route that I was going to take. I knew kind of. All right, I'm going to start on the left side here. I'm going to start on the right side there. Like, kind of knew like where to go and the experiences I've had. Well, I, I didn't realize at night how much things would change. Um, so it was definitely different. But one thing that I that I took with me that I took away was the amount of humility you end up with on a trail when you know that if one wrong move will end up getting you stuck for a couple hours. And again, the fear of the fear of mountain lions and bears and whatnot, and being out in the, like, you know, just no, having no one really incentivized me to want to stay in my vehicle the entire time if I could help it. Right. Right. And so every time I got to a point where normally I just hit the skinny pedal and usually end up stuck on my diff or something and, you know, get dragged out or whatever. None of that was none of that was in the cards for me on that night. So every time I got to the point where I was like about to like I was slipping, I would stop. I would back up, reevaluate, re- reevaluate, yeah, um, and then kind of move over or do something. And then you know every time it paid off because every time I got up that obstacle and there was probably like one there was like one last waterfall in Gold Mountain that was probably the sketchiest thing that happened. Which I literally thought I came to a point where I'm like. I'm not going to be able to finish this and I'm going to have to back up down this whole trail and oh, try to shit. find a way around. <laughs> it was, I was kind of freaked. I, I even like, you know, it got to the point where I backed up and I realized there was no bypass. There was no nothing. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? And then finally I said, all right, look, if I go left, it seems like I'll have more traction. My tires will be on those rocks for instance. And you know, and then hopefully my right tire, if I'm thinking this correctly, will will get up and I'll be fine. And it worked. You know, but there's a, it's just having that faith in your, in your vehicle and then in your own ability that you'll, you'll actually manage to get up and over. Right. Um, right. And it, and it paid off and I got up and I got over and I, and I finished gold mountain and I went out to John Bull and that was actually surprisingly easier than I think maybe by that point I'd already kind of gotten some of it out of my system. You probably got the, the jitters out and yeah. the stress, right? And you were yeah. now you were just kind of in a groove and you were just kind of vibing and doing it. Right. And so. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it's definitely something to say when you kind of unhook the safety line and you're just like, yeah. all right, this, decisions decisions matter, there will be consequences, and there's no one, at least within a couple hours, to come out and help me. I would say that's the if closest not, you get to, like, free soloing. Right. You know? <laughs> like, there's I no mean, rope, you know? Yeah. Like, and, and, you're, and that's even if you can get someone to pick up the phone at 3 in the morning. Well, you know, that wasn't... <laughs> I, I had brought my sleeping bag and my comforter and like oh so you were I, ready you were like all right I'll just curl up in the driver's seat and wait till this, wait for sunrise I was gonna <laughs> use the tent okay <laughs> but yeah I mean essentially like I told myself you're not calling anyone you're not gonna like I did reach out to a couple of people to see if anybody was down and nobody like you know that of course being Sunday night yeah everyone worked the next day nobody yeah. was gonna fucking do it I mean I didn't get home until four thirty no Oof. I didn't finish on the mountain until four thirty oh buddy and then got home by like around six ish. So you were basically like reverse commuting. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> um, Shit. And, uh, and yeah, but I mean that day, the high that I had that day after yeah. doing that and everything was awesome. Oh, I remember talking to you. Yeah. It was, I think I took two pictures the entire time. <laughs> That's saying if, something. If that, I don't yeah. Know. I mean, it just shows you were focused and kind of getting it done. I don't think I had any like, you know, Instagram fun photos to be like, look how cool this is. Like no, yeah. that bullshit. Have like, you ever done like night mountain biking? No. Okay. Uh, I hear it's I hear it's interesting. I was gonna ask you if it was similar because I know that like when when you ride at night and you're mountain biking, you kinda and it, it's different in a sense because it's more high speed, mm-hmm. right? But you get to this tunnel vision 
And so you're basically only seeing like a small section of the trail that's immediately in front that's of you. That's highlighted by your lights? Yeah. Like yeah. just and, and, and what's immediately in front of you. Like you're mm-hmm. not seeing like, you're not looking 100 yards down. You're looking like maybe 10. Right. Right. And so I was just curious if you kind of had that that feeling when you were like out there doing the obstacles or doing the trail, if you kind of, you know, you obviously it was pitch dark, even though you had your lights. No, I think it was actually for me, I was very aware of like the darkness around me. Like I actually was like more, more alert of what was to my left and right that I was like trying to like, I don't know. There's just a feeling of like, I'm fucking in the woods. You're exposed. I'm exposed. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like if you've ever taken a (laughs) dump in the middle of the desert, Right. Yeah. With no shelter. Yeah. It's the most, yeah. It, I think that contends with the feeling of wheeling at night by yourself. Like, well, that's interesting because I've had that feeling, you know, having done that, I think a lot of us have, you know, watching or listening. Um, it's, it's weird, but at the same time, it's kind of liberating. Mm-hmm. Like it's a good feeling. Yep, it's yep. a, it's a, it's a, it's an out of your comfort zone. Good feeling. Yeah. Right. And so was it kind of like that? Cause that's yeah. how I felt like whenever I do that and I'm just like, Hey, look, someone could see me or walk up on me, but I'm out in the middle of nowhere. There should be nobody freaking out here and I'm just going to take it all in. And you know what? I just want to sit here and do my business. Taking a shit in the middle yeah. of the woods is probably one of the best things ever. And also one of the most like naked things ever. Right. right? Like <laughs> it's you're the, literally the, half naked and, and the phrase getting caught with your pants down is, yeah. is becomes very literal. <laughs> Especially from a predator. (laughs) So, yeah, no, it was, it was super similar to that. Like it was the raddest thing I've done and the most irresponsible thing I knew I was doing. The irony of that is I've gone with you. I mean, we've gone on trips a lot together Mm -hmm. and where we've, especially in the, in, in recent history where we've had to do work on the Jeep to get it out or get home. Right. Right. The irony is the one time you go by yourself Nothing happens. Nothing happens. No, no. And I'm a little like, I'm a little peeved by that because I was like, you fucker. Well, the alternator thing, you know, had I not experienced what the alternator does and the way it affects the, because I have my, I have some stuff connected to the S pod that I need to operate the Jeep. Yeah. And when the alternator went, well, the S pod goes because it doesn't have however many volts it needs in order to operate. Yeah. Which is a great case to make for hard switches, let me tell you. But I have the HD touchscreen thing. Yep. So once that went, I, I was dead in the water. Oh, that's right. Because, yeah, the screen's dead and game over. <clears throat> so the entire S-Bot system shuts down and then you're fucked. Well, I learned that I could actually jump physically on the S-Bot because there's a, there's a power terminal right there. And then there's the, your array of switches. Well, I was able to jump from one to the other and be able to get the alternator to kick back on. The car hadn't died, but... The systems were shutting down. Right, right. So I got the alternator to kick back on, turn off the lights, and then I got power back. The S pod came back on. Yeah. Uh, my alternator is one of those pieces in the system where it's powered by the S pod. So oh, I, I physically send the you signal. Had, so you, so okay. So you were feeding. I sent a signal to the alternator to make sure that it's sending power to the system. Got it. Got it. Got it. And when the S pod goes, well, the alternator goes, and then it's it goes no with it. Genuine. Yeah, yeah. And so, anyways, long story short, was able to jump it back, and that was one of the few times I actually had to get out of the car in the middle of nowhere, literally nowhere. And you know, talk about having eyes in the back of your head. Like my hands were doing something, and my and my head your was turned 180 on. degrees the other way. And I'm and I'm going by feel, hoping I don't shock myself. Um, and like, that's funny, dude. Yeah, so. Uh, huge thanks to Surefire for the awesome headlamps that they gave me, which light everything up. Um, and it never, it never fails yeah. too. Like when you're out by yourself or you're out in the, in the darkness, how every little sound is amplified. Oh, dude! And it just sounds like like a field mouse going through the weeds. Sounds like a mountain lion or a bear stalking its next kill. Like it, 
it's it never fails. It doesn't matter how experienced you are or how long you've been out there. Every sound is so amplified. I don't know what I was thinking too. I was uh, I was trying to get to Holcomb, uh, the Holcomb Trail. Other day. Yeah. I wanted to do a trifecta, and I'm like, all right, these two are done. Fucking Holcomb's on to the next. Maybe it's lucky I didn't, because maybe that's when shit would have gone south. But um, I, as I was trying to f- make my way towards it, and then I realized it was still an hour out. Um, I did find a campsite that kind of dead ended into this weird spiral. And it was both a moment of I'm about to get sacrificed by a oh, cult. Yep. This is where the murders happen. This is where the murders happen too. <laughs> this is the most epic spot I've ever found. And we got to come back here. Yeah. So it was, I was like in the middle of yeah. those two feelings, yeah. um, <laughs> but I managed to make my way back out. And, and then finally said, you know what, if I, if I go to Holcomb, I wouldn't even get home until like nine, 10 o'clock. I have gotten these, the, these murdery vibes from certain campsites right. that we, especially in Colorado, we did hit one campsite where, well, you guys uh, had that guy looking and watching. Well, okay, right? well, that was a different one. We yeah. didn't get the murder vibe. <laughs> we didn't get the murder vibe until that happened. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, like, there we did go through one campsite where we kind of drove up and parked, and it was, you know, it was late afternoon. It wasn't dark yet, and we all we looked around, and then we all kind of looked at each other, like, like it was almost like you couldn't have scripted this in a movie. Like right. it was so perfect the way we all kind of got there, stretched, jumped out, looked around. And then after we looked around, we all kind of looked at each other, and we, and we everyone kind of had that one eyebrow up, kind of like, hmm, maybe not here. Do we want to stay here? Yeah. Like, and it was like one of those things where it's like if everyone feels it without any kind of like you know coaching, mm-hmm. you're you're kind of like probably listen to that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I don't know how much of that's in your own head, like if anyone knows, like, but I feel like there is a certain intuition built into us, like like the the fight or flight kind of survival right. instinct that you know from a lizard brain that. If you you get that kind of vibe, that the, intuition, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it's just BS or if it's your own kind of fears coming coming to fruition. But somewhere at that same time, Rob Zombie said, "There goes my next movie." Right. Yeah. So <laughs> poor guy, <laughs> poor guy. He's like, "Damn it, damn it." <laughs> so yeah, we moved on that night. But then there was that other night. Yeah, dude. Oh, <laughs> there's zero explanation. That was the creepiest camp. That was the creepiest yeah. night in a campsite I've ever had. It's like an episode or two back. Frank talks all about his Colorado trip. And yeah. That, that story is part of it. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. That is hands down the creepiest night I've ever had in a campsite. That's always weird. I mean, you got to think like the kind of people that are out there. I mean, there's it's, there's a lot of people out there. Yeah. There's a lot of people and there's a lot of open spaces. And, and it really doesn't matter where you go. It can happen anywhere. It's best to just not think about it. Sometimes. Be vigilant. That's the best thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're coming up on uh, a little bit over an hour now, and I'd say like this is a great time as any to kind of pause and pay some bills. Um, I want, I will get to the Johnson Valley trip that we did. This was like three years, kind of in the making, kind of three years, and then yeah. one year solid like preparing. Yeah, yeah, preparing. that's a good, that's a good, yeah. Um, but that that'll come next um, in the next episode, and you know, hopefully by the time that does come out, we'll have the video out or at least a teaser. Um, of some of the footage, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was eventful. It was a good day. It was a good day. It was a good day. It was really eventful. Um, didn't go exactly as expected, but, uh, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that soon. Anyway. So, uh, first up, first up our good friend, Jason DeMello at DeMello Offroad. Uh, check him out. Uh, he's here local in Southern California out of Corona. Uh, but that doesn't mean that he won't ship to wherever you are, including international. That dude ships stuff to Japan all the time. So there's a crazy following in Japan on FJs and specifically DeMello parts. It's kind of crazy. I had no idea the market was that big. Dude, Japan is like crazy about this whole off-roading scene because like 
there's a guy, a DJ out of Japan, came down and spent Thanksgiving with Adam. That's right. That one dude. That's right. And got the yeah, whole the life. northern trip. Yeah. And I went down this rabbit hole. Sorry, Jason, but I went down this rabbit hole of like um, of camp cooking, mm-hmm. Japanese camp cooking. Have you seen that? Those yeah, things? yeah. Like, it's oh, like dude, the full these, bento. Yeah, the yeah. bento and little burners sure. and like, oh man, it looks it's legit. Anyways, check out uh, Jason DeMello, bumpers, sliders, armor for your Toyota, Lexus, soon-to-be yep. Ford stuff. Um, he's got you covered, and like I said, he'll ship to you. And I think right now, it's super hard to get stuff from just about any manufacturer. But he's got But stuff. I think right now, he has Tacoma and Tundra bumpers. Pitching. So that by, by right now, I mean like middle of December 2021. Yep. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so hit him up if that's what you're looking for. Hundred um, percent. Next up, we have Milestar Tires. I have got to give it up to them because I think this past weekend, which we'll get to in the next episode, um, was a good testament to how good the tires really are. And it's funny because they're affordable. So as soon as something becomes affordable, everyone wants to start knocking it and calling it cheap Chinese crap or something. And it's like, hey, dummies! Like most, first of all, <laughs> most of the tires come from overseas. Like there's a couple of tire companies in the U.S. that actually make it in the U.S. But yeah, most of all other tire companies are made overseas. Everything is up to a certain standard. Like there's, you know, again, reach into your pocket and pull out that little electronic device that you always use for everything that you depend on, that your life revolves around, that your whole stupid social thing like comes from. That's made in China. Yep. So, you know, the argument of, oh, it's Chinese, whatever. And I don't even know if Monster is made in China, but just my point is things overseas being bad, you're full of shit because the one thing that you depend on daily is made overseas so i only say that to be like look we got to get a little bit off our high horse and you know one day maybe we'll bring production into the u.s and it'll be awesome but that day has not come yet yeah there's nothing wrong wrong with having goals but that takes time yeah be realistic about your expectations and yeah hey go start a company in the u.s and start manufacturing stuff that you think we need here in the u.s so that people can get off the dependency of overseas you know trade but until that day happens (laughs) we're in it all right so with all that said my Milestar has performed amazing. And, you know, for a tire that's as quiet as it is on the road to having run their uh, MT2s now, and I've actually been running the MT2s for for a while. For a while. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's been a full year, but it's been a long time yeah. um, before they officially announced it. And now it's official. Um, they're a great tire. It's a great compound. We we used it up in uh, Utah when we did, yep. um, we did everything that we did at EJS. Yep. And so... I've been nothing but happy. I, you know, I came from a, a pretty purpose-built off-road tire to what I would consider a well-rounded off-road tire, and it's still a mud train, but it's a mud train that drives like almost an all-train. Um, I've, yeah, I've been super happy. So, um, performed amazing and uh, had had all the grip I needed to to get that heavy, heavy, heavy rig up a very iconic hardcore rock crawling trail. So, yeah, that's no, awesome. Been, it's been solid. And then finally, so next up, Rebel Off Road. Mm-hmm. Um, last but not least, um, huge thanks to them first of all for all of their support um, to both of us and mm-hmm. me specifically with the FJ and that Colorado trip, which was the photography stage for this you know this magazine mm-hmm. um, cover and the contents within it. And we even stopped at San Hollow, which we didn't talk about, and we had some fun around San Hollow. Oh, got a little cool. got a little rowdy with the FJ. Nice, uh, that was pretty fun. And. Um, anyways, those guys have been huge supporters. Evan Gage took all the pictures. He's their uh, marketing director over there and yep. an all-around great guy. Congrats to him on his growing family. 
Um, new location in Texas, by the new way. New location in Texas. Fort I mean, Worth? those guys are just making moves. Fort Worth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah awesome. Fort Worth. Yeah. Yep, just outside of Fort Worth. And uh, so check them out, rebeloffroad.com. If you're in Texas or near, check them out. Um, they also have armor for JTs, JLs. Mm-hmm. Now that they're they're expanding, and they make uh, the suspension hoops. Uh, Correct. The mounts, their brackets, recon uh, for kit. coilover conversions, and then also the dual shock system that I'm running on my Jeep, which performed amazing. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of the performance of the suspension, <laughs> I did the mint 400 short course for the hoop decross. Yeah. Uh, a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, that's right. That's right. I uh, probably shouldn't have done it right before this Johnson Valley thing, but let me tell you, that Jeep is so much fun around the bank corners. Um, the whoops, you know, I I feel like the name itself is a pun, you know, yeah. like whoops. Whoops. But yeah, like I, I fucking, yeah, like I... It was I, a bucket Bronco for sure. I saw, I saw, I saw it going like. I did not respect the whoops. I didn't even know the whoops were coming, and I was going full send. And <laughs> the fact that the, all four tires remained facing down was amazing. Yeah, that was that was. Pretty I'm not nuts. gonna act like I was like, oh, I was in complete and total control. I was in control, but when your vehicle is bucking like that, and yeah. you just realize that. You're on the brakes and nothing's really changing too much. Yeah, like just gotta hold on and hope it and you works out. <laughs> you can't stay on the brakes because you know you're gonna lose control. Like so, you kind of like try yeah. to ride it. And yeah, it's a fine line between traction and like oh control. God, especially or, or no, especially no when traction. you're in the air. Yeah, yeah. Like so. Anyways, yeah, lots pro of respect. Tip, traction only works when you're on the ground, dude. Tons of respect <laughs> to the Baja <laughs> racers out there. You know the the pre runners, the, oh, yeah. the desert crew. Like you know, like huge respect to those guys because you know getting to know your vehicle in those types of conditions or having it perform well under those types of conditions oh yeah that's a lot of work and i i'm a little shy of where i need to be triple bypasses and all yeah i, I do I, I would i do want to say that because of that suspension system i didn't yard sell completely that's true yeah that's yeah. true so, so check them out for those those goodies i know also they have a they are actually another company that has inventory right now those guys put a lot of work into making sure they had bumpers and things mm-hmm. for the holiday season. So um, check them out. They ship, and I think Bond just put out a video of them shipping same day. So as long as your order is in by like I don't know two or three o'clock, uh, yeah, check check their videos. Um, it goes out the same day. Like they're they're just cranking. Yeah, they Those put guys, a lot of time into the yeah. warehouse and a lot of purpose. Aside from yeah. building jeeps and mm-hmm. giving advice and you know all that kind of stuff that they do, right? The kind of full service and then the stuff that Evan's been doing on the website. Um, it's definitely worth a look. Yep. So, so anyways, that's, that's our, that's our show for today. That's our show, man. Wait to get into what happened this past weekend. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's something special. Yep. So, um, last thing, check us out at rigfordirt.com, uh, rig for dirt on the Instagrams. There's a rig for dirt group. If you want to get on the inside track for events, um, and things that are coming up or just yep. say hi and, sh- and shoot the shit with us. We're in there. We're in there talking, chatting it up with our friends and other industry people that join that group. So it's a good spot. Um, that's all I got to say. Yeah. Check out the merch. I'm Ali. Good to the Jeep. I'm Frank at Trekking McTruckbase. Thanks, guys.